I'm a real supersonic, pass the ball like magic. Sean Kim or Larry Bird, the old school Mavericks. I got basketball cards, gonna sing a little more. I got basketball cards, now enjoy the show. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Godfather Nate Milton. And right now, I want you to turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, show me your basketball cards. In the spirit of the great names of the past, like Dikembe Mutombo, and not Michael Jordan, but Baby Jordan, Harold Miner, Drazen, Arvidas, J.R. Ryder bringing that East Bay funk. I bring to you the man who met World Be Free and Danny Ferry, your host and my brother, Zaire, also known as Bandana Z. Welcome back to another episode of My Basketball Cards. This is your host, Zaire. Big shout out to Paris Alexa and my man, Nate Milton. Paris Alexa is the person who sings the theme song to the show. You can check her out. Two Real is her latest effort, her latest album. This is the number two in the word real. Check her out on all streaming platforms. And once more, big shout out to Nate Milton, my guy that does the intro to the show, Bandana Z. That's me, a.k.a. Zaire. Yo. All right, so we're still trekking along 80-81 tops series, right? And we got these three players per card. So we can just like knock out three players instead of just going one by one by one, right? Um, got another player here because we're all about talking about the players that you just might not remember or know. And this time period, 80-81, is a special period in the NBA. Well, I mean, to many people, it's not a special period because they might not remember it. Um, the NBA Finals was on tape delay. Magic and Bird were only in their second year. So the NBA was still um, kind of like under the radar. It was starting to grow a bit, but it just wasn't what it became five, six years later. Especially when you talk about uh, the, the being in the heat of the Magic Bird rivalry and the arrival of Michael Jordan in the NBA. So we got a lot of players during this time period who come from a time in the 70s, especially when the NBA was just in its dark ages. You know, you had the 60s where the Celtics were dominant and people was like, oh, the Celtics, yay. And then after that, you know, it was just a dark time for the NBA. It just became less and less uh, popular. But we are here to kind of bring back uh, the memories of some of these guys to let you know that, yeah, the NBA just didn't have a bunch of guys walking around with no names. They actually had people who existed. But some of these people I've never heard of. So we're learning about them together. Have you ever heard of Winford Boings? All right. So this card has three players on it. Um, Winford Boings is one of them. Then you have Alex English, who is a Hall of Famer. And then you have Moses Malone, who is a Hall of Famer and an MVP of the NBA. But who is Winford Boynes? Here's a guy on the card that most people probably have never heard of. Winford Boynes. Uh, we'll talk about him first. Uh, a shooting guard out of San Francisco. That's the college that he went to. Same school that produced Moses Malone. Um, but he was born or he went to high school in Oklahoma City at a school called Capitol Hill. And he was drafted in the first round of the 1978 draft by the New Jersey Nets. 
Wilfred Boyce only played three seasons in the NBA. His final season in the NBA was the 80-81 season when he played with the Dallas Mavericks uh, for 44 games, averaging 6.5 points per game. Whatever happened, um, he was waived by the Mavericks February 19th, 1981. Um, but yeah, first round pick, uh, I guess there was high expectations. He he averaged 21.7 points per game as a uh, third year player at San Francisco. Um, so yeah, like I said, third, that's um, a lot of big uh, expectations. But they didn't quite come into fruition. Uh, first year with the Nets, he averaged 9.3 points per game uh, on 43% shooting. Second year with the Nets, 8.5 points per game in 64 games, uh, 47% shooting. Didn't get much better than that, uh, as we mentioned before, final season 80-81, which is what this um, series is based off of, these cards. And uh, when he was with the Mavericks that year, uh, he kicked off the season with a bang, uh, came off the bench, scored 21 points, shooting nine of 16 with the Spur uh, or against the Spurs. And the Mavericks won that game by 11 points. Uh, during that season, he only had two more games where he scored 20 points or more. Uh, one was a win against the Seattle Supersonics where he had 22 points, which was a season high. And another game where he scored 21 points against the Portland Trailblazers in a 20-point loss. Um, so, yeah, Winford Boynes. Uh, his name was Winford Gladstone Boynes III. And they called him Winnie for short. Um, that name, that sounds like a... Soap opera name almost Winfred Gladstone Boynes the third, you know. Sounds like he has some money, you know. <laughs> so I just took a pause, uh, just to do a little more digging on Winfred Boynes, and um he actually continued his basketball career uh playing in Turkey during the 83-84 season. Uh let's see, 85-86 he played for Pantarit if I'm saying that right, which is a team in Finland. And then his final year, he played in Nice, I think, which is, I want to say in France. Oh. Um, but in college, he was a two-time third-team All-American in 78 and 77. And he was a first-team parade All-American in 75. Um, the uh, previous All-American teams I mentioned was NA NABC. And he was a fourth team parade all, all American in '74, so you know he was definitely a um, strong prospect um, during his time in uh, college. But yeah, I don't know whatever happened to him. I don't see any more information about him at the moment. <laughs> but he definitely, um, you know. Uh, had a short cup of coffee in the NBA. Um, also on this card is the great Alex English, who, if you take it from the start of the 80s to the end of the 80s, nobody scored more points in the NBA in that decade than Alex English. He was the number one scorer of the decade 
and I believe the most underrated scorer of the decade, the most underrated, one of the most underrated scorers of all time, if not the most underrated scorer of all time, um, very successful um, player with the Nuggets, uh, never won a championship, uh, was just unfortunate to be in the same conference as Magic Johnson and the uh, Lakers and uh, some other teams as well, but his, his Nuggets teams were fun to watch, man. They could put points on the board. So when we look at Alex English, he was a second round draft pick uh, in the 1976 NBA draft. He came out of South Carolina, six foot seven, small forward, right-handed guy. Um, Alex English, first couple seasons, uh, he was drafted by the Bucks, and he played two years with the Bucks, and was, you know, a role player, just, you know, reserve, 5.2 points per game, first year, 9.6 points per game, second year, and then he arrives with the Indiana Pacers. Now, I, I mentioned on a previous episode that Adrian Dantley had a 26 or so 26 games or actually it wasn't 20. He averaged 26 points per game for a small stretch of time with the Pacers before being traded to the Lakers. And here it is again, the Pacers getting their hands on another potentially Hall of Fame uh, or future Hall of Fame score and kind of comes and goes. 78, 79, he plays 81 games with the Pacers uh, average 16 points per game. Okay, cool. Next year, plays 54 points or 54 games with the Pacers. Averages 14.9 points per game. And then the Pacers say, oh, we've had enough. And they trade him to the Denver Nuggets. And that's where he would stay all the way till his final season in the NBA. And let me tell you what this dude did. <laughs> okay. But before I do, let's see. Who the Indiana Pacers traded to get rid of Alex English. All right. So to bring him into town, let's start there. In 78, uh, they signed him as a free agent. And then the Bucks uh, received a 1979 first round pick, which became Calvin Nett as compensation. So it was sort of like a sign and trade. Then in 1980, February 1st, 1980, the Pacers said enough with Alex English and they traded him to the Denver Nuggets for Carl Nix. Uh, well, actually, I said that wrong. They traded him for a 1980 first round draft pick, which was used to select Carl Nix. And um, they also acquired George McGinnis. Now, if I'm remembering right, George McGinnis was past his prime. Carl Nix uh, played from 80 to 83 and averaged 6.8 points per game in 156 games. Uh, he played one season where he played 80 games for Utah. He only played in Denver for his rookie season and a third, maybe, of his second season. After that, Utah and Cleveland. Carl Nix, uh, Mr. Intensity, a 6'1 guard who is nowhere near the level. Of Alex English. Um, and finally, we did say that they got George McGinnis. And George McGinnis, uh, by 1980, 
he was uh, not the same player that he once was. I'm talking about a guy in 1974, was an all-star in the, the ABA, leading the league in scoring with 29.8 points per game. By 1980, he was averaging 15.6 points per game, and he only played two more seasons, 80-81 and 81-82 with Indiana. And in, as an Indiana Pacer, George McGinnis averaged, uh, well, let me take that back. He played with Indiana in the ABA. So it was sort of like a, you know, hey, we got this guy back, you know, back home or whatever. But, um, yeah, the final two years of his career or three years of his career, he was not the same player. He averaged 13.1 points in 81 and 4.7 points in 81-82. He was an older guy, um, you know, early 30s, which these days is considered young, still in the NBA or, you know, in your prime. But in those days, man, 30, 31, 32, 33, you were like on the tail end of your career for the most part. All right. Um, so all that being said, this is what Alex English went on to do. Alex English went on to uh, Denver, where he became the franchise player. And in 11 seasons in Denver, he averaged 25.9 points per game, played 837 games. In that process, started 727 of those games. Um, man, so we will go to the 80-81 season with uh, Denver. That's his second season there. Um, he played 24 games in his first season in Denver after the trade. And when you look at the 80-81 season, the Denver Nuggets were not the greatest team in the world. Um... I think their record, they had a losing record that year of 37 and 45. Uh, an improvement because the pre previous season they went 30 and 52. So they were, you know, on the upper uh, end of things, uh, <laughs> but not quite there yet. So uh, first year, uh, Alex English, sorry, in 80-81, averages... A total of 23.8 points per game. That was like, you know, hey, I'm here now. And he would never average under 23.8 points per game until his final season in Denver, which was 89-90. So for a decade, this dude was a reliable scorer. But let's look at his 80-81 season and see what his best game was. So. In 80-81, Alex English's top game was a 42-point performance against the Kansas City Kings where he shot 17-27, making 63% of his shots, made all of his free throws 8-for-8. Eight eight. He also had 8 rebounds, 4 assists, 2 steals, and 2 blocks. All right, His next best game, he actually had 11 games with 30 points or more. And um, the 37-point game he had against the Lakers and a one-point loss. And in that game, we'll look and see what he did and what some of the guys on the Lakers did. 80-81. So um, we got Alex English with 37 points on 17 and 29 shooting. He had 13 rebounds uh, going up against uh, the Lakers without Magic Johnson, who had injury issues that year. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, 25 points, 13 rebounds, 6 assists, 2 steals, 1 block in the 1-point L.A. Lakers win, 124-123. to 
It was a game, a double overtime game, actually, in Denver on November 29th, 1980. Uh, Jamal Wilkes had 30 points. He won 14 of 20. Uh, Jim Jones put up 8 of 17 shots and scored 18 points with 15 rebounds. Michael Cooper, who was known uh, for his, for the Lakers' um, playoff runs in the 80s uh, and championship runs in the 80s, he scored 12 points uh, in the starting lineup. Norm Nixon is another player, 13 points. And uh, Eddie Jordan came off the bench for the Lakers and scored 18 points. So, um, yeah, nice, tough game early in the season uh, where the Lakers improved from 18 and 7 and the Nuggets dropped to 10 and 14. Let's see what else we got. Um, hmm. here's one, uh, 36 point game against the Atlanta Hawks, another 36 point game against the Senate, Kansas City Kings, and then a 33 point game against the San Antonio Spurs later in the season, uh, where they beat the Spurs 125 to 123. The Spurs at the time was one of the better teams in the NBA with a 50 and 29 record. Denver was 35 and 44. And um, in that game, Alex English, 33 points. Um, Kiki Vandaway was a young player on that team. He scored nine points. Um, you had Dan Issel with 21 points. David Thompson with 19 points. San Antonio was led by George Gervin, of course. Who else? The Iceman put up 30 points that night. And uh, another player by the name of James Silas scored 24 for the Spurs. So that's that game. Um, the 80-81 season uh, breakout year for Alex English. And after that, he will be an all-star for the next one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight seasons straight. All right. And um, in 82-83 or 81-82, 25.4 points per game. 82-83, 28.4 points per game. And the scoring title. Alex English had one scoring title in his whole career is in 82-83. 83-84, 26.4 points per game. 84-85, 27.9 points per game. His biggest scoring season was the 85-86 season where he put up 29.8 points per game. Um, let's look at that season real quick uh, to see what his biggest game was that year. He had a 50-point performance against, 54-point performance against the Houston Rockets where he put up, um, he made 21 of 30 shots, made all 12 of his free throws, beating a young Rockets team with Hakeem Olajuwon and Ralph Sampson. Uh, that game, John Lucas, of all people, you guys may remember him as a coach and as a person who's helped a lot of people kick their drug habits. Uh, John Lucas had 25 points for the Rockets in uh, the loss. Um, Elijah Wan had 23 points, 12 rebounds, two blocks. Uh, Ralph Sampson had a, a rough day with only eight points and nine rebounds and two blocks. And on the other side for Denver, uh, like I said before, you got my main man, Alex English with 54 points, blowing everybody away. Uh, he got help with Calvin Nets, 18 points, and Mike Evans came off the bench with 18 points. Another player by the name of Danny Shays, uh, son of Dolph Shays, NBA Hall of Famer. Danny Shays scored uh, 11 points. Danny Shays isn't the Hall of Famer. Dolph Shays is, by the way. But shout out to Danny Shays anyway. All right. Um, so, yeah, that season... Alex English had that one uh, game with 50 or more points and scored 40 points or more seven times that year. 
30 points or more um, between, let me say this, he had 36 games between 30 and 39 points. We'll just say it like that. All right. <laughs> um, big season for Alex English that year. Um, yeah, so he, he finished out his career um, after that season, 28.6 points per game at 86-87. Uh, 87, 88, 25 points per game. And in 89, 26.5 points per game. Last year in Denver, he played, uh, he averaged 17.9 points per game um, at 36 years old. And then he was uh, traded to Dallas uh, for his last NBA season. And when he was traded, or actually, check that, he was signed as a free agent by Dallas during his last NBA season. In his last NBA season, Alex English averaged um, 9.7 points per game in 79 contests, came off of the bench uh, for most of those games, started 26 of those games. Um, his final NBA basketball game was played on uh, April 21st, 1991. He played 15 minutes, scored two points in a 34-point loss to the San Antonio Spurs. Um, during that final season, just it was it was just that you know it's over season. You know um, his best game was a 27-point game he had against the New Jersey Nets in a one-point win, but Dallas didn't uh, have that many wins that season, unfortunately. Uh, it was the beginning of their decline because they had a nice run in the mid-80s, which kind of halted because of uh, some bad transactions and some uh, players, uh, maybe a player that had a substance abuse problem that was really important to their success. Um, but yeah, in 1991, they were 28 and 54, and things only got worse for the Mavericks after that. But um, with all that being said... Alex English, once again, one of the more underrated uh, players in NBA history. Uh, when you talk about uh, his uh, best performances overall as uh, an all-time NBA talent, Alex English, uh, his numbers are nothing to sneeze at. Um, first of all, he once again made eight all-star teams. Uh, three times he was all NBA. He was um, all NBA second team in 81, 82, second team in 82, 83, and second team in 85, 86. Um, uh, for his career, you got a guy who um, has the 10th made, 10th most made two point field goals. Or check that ninth most made two point field goals in NBA history. He's made 10,641 two point field goals, which is once again ninth most in NBA history. He's made 10,569 overall field goals, which is 11th most in NBA history. So he only made what seven? Uh, he made 14, 18 threes. His whole career, which, you know, the three-point shot wasn't a big deal uh, when he was coming up. So who can blame him? Uh, overall, 20th 
All-time leading scorer in NBA history with 25,619 points. Um, 41st best career scoring average at 21.5 points per game. Um, let's see. Yeah, those are pretty much his best numbers. Um, really just known for his scoring. Scoring, scoring, scoring. He did have uh, five career triple doubles, three during the 81-82 season, uh, one during the 82-83 season, and one during the 83-84 season. We have normalized the triple double due to James Harden and Russell Westbrook's success uh, over the recent years, but the triple double is still a tough thing to, to get. So if you get one in your NBA career, man, hats off to you. <laughs> if you get one in your high school career, hats off to you. <laughs> All right, so um, that's our guy, Alex English. And finally on this card is Moses Malone, who I will not be surprised if his name comes up again in this series. Um, we've talked about his time period in Atlanta way, way back at the beginning of the series. Uh, towards the end of his career, I always wondered what happened with him with the Atlanta Hawks because it's like he came and then he went. Um, and not much success happened, uh, during his time in Atlanta, even though big things were expected, but, um, here he is, uh, with the Houston Rockets. And most people, when they talk about Moses Malone, they talk about his time in Philadelphia when he won his only NBA championship. Um, however, uh, Moses Malone was a player drafted out of high school, um, by the Utah Stars. And he was 19 years old, first season, 1974-75 season, in the ABA, where he averaged 18.8 points and 14.6 rebounds. He only played with Utah for one season, where he played 83 games. And um, the second year of his career, 75-76, he was sent to St. Louis, where he played for the Saint, the Spirits of St. Louis. <laughs> Got to say the name right. And that year, he averaged 14.3 points and 9.6 rebounds per game. 20 years old. Um, you know, Moses' Moses' career in the ABA uh, ended there. And in 76-77, he was with Buffalo and the Buffalo Braves, where he played two games and played Three, an average of three minutes per game and got nothing done. Didn't score a point. Might have grabbed one rebound. <laughs> Just really didn't do much. I don't know what went wrong with him in Buffalo. And I believe the Buffalo Braves are part of the Clippers uh, lineage. And so it makes all the sense in the world that it didn't work out with the Buffalo Braves because, you know, it's that Clipper stench. <laughs> and I'm somebody that would like to see the Clippers do well, but it just, uh, they just can't get out of their own way at times, right? So here's what happened. He was traded. Actually, here's what happened. In 76, he was drafted by the Blazers, August 5th, 1976. A lot of people don't know this history of Moses Malone. But yeah, he was drafted in the ABA dispersal draft, once the ABA ended or was merged into the NBA. Let me say that right. Then he was traded by Portland 
in October of 76 to the Buffalo Braves for 1978 first round draft pick, which ended up being Rick Ruby. So Portland, who had Bill Walton, right? Um, I could have had Moses Malone decided, nope, we'll take Rick Roby. We'll trade. We'll take this pick and we'll take Rick Roby. And Rick Roby was drafted with the third pick. And he played in the NBA from 78 to 1986. He averaged 7.6 points per game. He started 46 games. He played 493 overall games. There's a Rick Rick Roby story. (laughs) Okay. When you talk about Moses Malone, it fails. Uh, it, it pales. It's just not. There's no comparison. Okay, none. Okay. Um, so when he gets to Buffalo, and you think, okay, Buffalo has Moses. Let's roll, right? And I don't quite know why Buffalo traded Moses Malone, but they did. And maybe we could do an episode in the future of what the heck happened when the Buffalo Braves traded Moses Malone to the Houston Rockets. 1976, October 24th, just six days after getting Moses Malone, they trade him to the Rockets for a 1977 first-round pick, which ends up being Wesley Cox. And a 1978 first-round draft pick, which ends up being Michael Ray Richardson. Now, Michael Ray Richardson never played for the Houston Rockets, so they ended up trading that pick. Um, but Wesley Cox, on the other hand, he didn't play for the Houston Rockets either. He ended up playing for the Gold State Warriors. He had a two-year career in the NBA where he averaged 4.6 points per game. And um, not much from him. Michael Ray Richardson, very promising, talented guard who actually made the All-Star team four times over his career and who many people may not remember, but was one of the great talents of his time, but had drug issues and had a hard time sticking around in the NBA. Um, but he never played for the Rockets as well. So it was just a, not a, not the Rockets, I'm sorry, never played for the Braves. The Buffalo Braves is the team that traded for Wesley Cox and Michael Ray Richardson, the, the team that becomes the LA Clippers and ends up with neither player that they traded Moses Malone for. How about that? <laughs> It's just, it's the Clipper thing, which I won't be surprised if it just continues to rear its ugly head uh, on this podcast. So Moses Malone goes on and plays for the Houston Rockets and has a successful run with the Houston Rockets and really puts that franchise on the map. As he plays for them from the 76 season, all of 76, 77 season, all the way to the 81, 82 season. And let me tell you about my man Moses Malone during that time period. He becomes a force in the NBA and the best player in the NBA. And he wins the MVP. Count it. 1978-79, most valuable player, 1978-79, Sporting News MVP, 1981-82, most valuable player, but this is, uh, yeah, and then 1981-82, Sporting News MVP, right? That's two MVPs, two before he gets 
to the 82-83 season when he wins MVP again when he plays for the 76ers. But with the Houston Rockets, he won two MVPs, and he also uh, was a person who led the Rockets to the NBA Finals in 1981, where they lost to the Boston Celtics. But Big Mo, chairman of the boards, Octo Bull, Moses Malone, um, man was amazing. Uh, best NBA season, the 80-81 season, I believe. Best NBA season. My man, 31 points, 14.7 rebounds per game as a 25, well, wait, said that wrong. 80-81 season? Or 82, okay, the 81-82 season, yeah, that's his best season. Um, as a 26-year-old, uh, just phenomenal with Houston. But this is about the 80-81 season. So in the 80-81, Moses Malone, out of Petersburg High School in Petersburg, Virginia, um, had a big year uh, with the Houston Rockets, led them to the NBA Finals, like I said before. Um, they lost to Boston. Uh, in one, two, three, in four games. I mean, not four games, in seven games. In seven games, they lost to Boston. Uh, I said that wrong. In six games, they lost to Boston. Um, they won, they lost the first game, won the second game, and then Boston went on to win three of the next four. The game that they won in game two, uh, Moses had 31 points and 15 rebounds. Uh, but he struggled in that series, especially in the first two games. He only made 14 of 41 shots. Wow. Yuck. <laughs> um, but, yeah, the 81 season was good to Moses uh, outside of the NBA Finals. He had a 51-point game against the Golden State Warriors uh, where he made 20 of 28 shots. He also grabbed 19 rebounds that game. Uh, also, during that season, he had five 40-point games. Five, that's right. Uh, he had a 41-point game and a win against Denver, two-point win, a 41-point game and a four-point loss to Seattle, a 41-point game and a four-point win against Chicago, and a 40-point game against uh, San Antonio Spurs. Also had a 40-point game against Dallas in a win there. Uh, other than that... He scored double figures every single game. Uh, least amount of points. Uh, he had a handful of games, uh, two games with 13 points. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. I think just 12 games out of the um, 80 games he played, he scored less than 20 points that year. Moses Malone, in my opinion, is the... He's a top five NBA center, in my opinion. A lot of people go, well, you know, they, they, I, let me tell you, I think Shaq is amazing, right? But personally, I say that top five centers of all time, in my opinion, Will Chamberlain, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Bill Russell, Hakeem Olajuwon, and Moses Malone in no particular order, okay? Those, to me, are the top five centers ever to play the game, and then you, you can start talking about your Shaquille O'Neal's right there. 
Um, I just think Moses Malone was special um, to be so young to be able to come out uh, six foot ten, uh, two hundred fifteen pounds. Um, you know, he he got bigger, of course, throughout his career, but just to be that good um, and to do his thing at a young age and continue. The man played. Uh, he averaged double figures every year until he was thirty seven years old. So he played till he was 39, 94-95 season was his last year with the Spurs where he played 17 games. Uh, his final game was in, uh, let's see, December 27th, uh, 1994, where he scored six points in an 11-point win against uh, the Charlotte Hornets. He also had his... Best game that year against Boston, where he scored 12 points in 16 minutes and a 12-point win for the Celtics. And he um, played that get day. It was uh, December 14th. So that was pretty cool uh, to see him get one more little thing, little, little, little glimpse of what he used to be at 39 years old. But yeah, you're talking about a 13-time All-Star, Hall of Famer, uh, 1983 NBA champ. Uh, let's see. The uh, Rookie of the Year in 74-75. Well, not Rookie of the Year. All rookie team was 74-75 in the ABA. Uh, Three-time MVP. Six-time rebound champ. Um, ABA all-time team. An eight-time all-NBA uh, competitor. Two-time all-defensive NBA. Uh, and the 82-83 finals MVP. And MVP the 82-83 season if... You forgot when I was talking about his prior MVPs with um, Houston. So that's all about Moses Malone for right now. Thank you for listening to my basketball cards. I got some stuff I got to do, but thank you for uh, tuning in and we will give you another episode very, very soon.